Do you love early intervention, but feel like you need more mentorship and information to thrive in this setting? We're here to provide a safe, inclusive community where we learn from and uplift one another. It's our mission to prepare students and practitioners to be confident and competent working in early intervention. Hi, I'm Amira Johnson. I'm Danielle DiLorenzo. And I'm Sarah Putt. And together, we're the real OTs of early intervention. Today, we are going to be talking about the value of early intervention, and especially when it comes to talking with parents who may find themselves to be on the fence about getting their child assessed, or if they've already been assessed through the early intervention program, about accepting services after the evaluation. I feel like many times the parents are already on board, and they're the ones to make the call to the early intervention program, but there are times that even if they make the call, they might still be unsure about the program as a whole, and they also might have some valid concerns or hesitancies about starting this process. And I also wanted to mention that we've had a bunch of questions from the community about this specific topic. So we wanted to take some time today to really dig into our thoughts about how we can communicate the value of early intervention to parents. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Mornings with an OT Mom. My mission is to create a platform to empower, uplift, and educate other parents, students, professionals, and anyone else interested in all things OT, EI, schools, and everything else in between. If you would like to know more information, you can check out my website at www.daniellelorenzo.com. Sometimes the referrals come from the parents. But sometimes the initial concern is not seen or even brought up by the parents, and it could be brought up by a teacher, a friend, or a family member who notices maybe some red flags or delays and brings it to the parents' attention. And sometimes the parents might not be ready or able to digest the news, but they make the call to the early intervention program anyway. So what happens next? The kiddo will get scheduled for an evaluation, and if there are any concerns with the development, the team will automatically start talking about supports and services for the family and the child. And many times, this could be a lot for the parents to handle all at once. And I know that I've been in plenty of meetings where the parents are just like, hold on, this is a lot for me to, to take in right now. And they ask a lot of questions or they just kind of seem overwhelmed with the whole process. And of course, as, as practitioners, we do this day in and day out. So it's very easy for us to just know the routine and know know what we're saying and, and kind of like go through the motions. But we always have to be very mindful that each family that we're talking to, this could be the first time that they are going through this process. And I think sometimes the words that we have to say and the, and the information that we have to share might even catch the parents off guard if they don't think there's anything to be concerned about in the first place with their child, especially if the concerns were raised by somebody else. So before we really dive into how we can promote the value of early intervention to parents, I wanted to just kind of do a quick refresh of why early intervention is so important. So Amira, what are a few reasons that EI is so important? I love that you're asking this question and we're starting off this conversation this way because it was, I would say, towards the beginning to middle part of when I first started working in EI and I was having a session with a kiddo and the mom was completely on board. She knew the importance of EI, but the grandparent was actually at the house at that time. And she'd made a comment. She was very, very polite, very sweet. And she was like, you're great. And you know, I see what you're doing and this looks really good. But she said, I don't really understand though why he needs any kind of therapy. You know, there's no formal diagnosis of anything. And so I'm just kind of curious, you know, what's going on? Why are you here? And I really appreciated the way that she 
phrase that question, it, it was very much like, I just want that education. And I think that's so important to think about not only the parents, but who else is in the home who might be seeing you play with that child. And I say play with air quotes, because we know that we're doing so much more than playing, but it really gave me a chance to explain the importance of early intervention and to explain it in a way that the parent could understand. And so when we think about the early intervention, the first thing I talked to her about was the age range. And so I said, well, you know, we're a service and we provide supports and resources for kiddos age zero to three. And I want to kind of explain why it's that age range. And so when we think about the age of zero to three, and of course, depending on what state you're in, it might be zero to five, but from zero to three, there is a lot happening in the brain. Kids are going through very rapid brain development. They're establishing meaningful associations and they're just making sense of the world that they live in. And they're so little. So there's so much of the world for them to learn about and for them to take in. And I remember I was reading a research article about this and it talked about how the child's brain is actually about twice as active as an adult's brain. And there's a lot of learning that occurs. And so they're learning about the world. They're learning about how to participate in the world and all of the different things that they do during the day. So whether it's eating, sleeping, playing, there's so much that has to be learned in each of those routines and they're doing so much of it. So early intervention is important because we're targeting kiddos during that period of rapid brain development. And we know that as we get older, learning becomes more difficult. Now, of course, we can still learn thanks to neuroplasticity. And I'm sure the neuro nerds listening is like, are like, oh, we're so excited, but I'm not going to spend too much time going into that because I really want to talk about how to answer this question for our parents who maybe don't have that science background. So I talk about, you know, during this age range, there's so much rapid learning that happens because of the way that their brain is developing. And that's why identifying the delays in development, whether there's a formal diagnosis or not, is so important because when they're in this age range, learning comes easier and it's much faster. I love everything that you just said right there. And I think that's a perfect way to explain to somebody that might be asking this question of like, well, why are you here? What What's the value of why you're here and what you're going to be working with my son or daughter or my child or anything like that, grandchild. And I think another thing that is important to note that like Amira, what you said, it could be a grandparent, but we could also be talking about mom's on board, but dad's not. Or, you know, there, there can be lots of different aspects within the family that maybe one person is on board and the rest aren't, or maybe nobody's on board. Like there's just so many different scenarios that we really have to be able to confidently and competently explain our value as an early intervention practitioner of why we're really there and why it really is so important. So Danielle, I know you have a lot to say on this topic because you've lived it with your own son. And you know, from the practitioner standpoint, how important EI, early intervention is. But could you share a little bit about what went through your mind when you first realized that you needed to make the call to your local early intervention program for your son? I was sitting in my office and a coworker was with me at the time. And I had made myself a note on the calendar couple of months prior that says, please call the IRC. And the IRC is the Inland Regional Center out here in California, and they are the providers or housers for early intervention services. And I had known that I needed to call for a while because I had noticed delays with Luke's milestones, specifically with his expressive language. So my coworker was in the room and I looked at her and I said, I think I have to call and I have to call now. And I think what happens is I love how you both are talking about importance versus urgency, because sometimes in the world of early intervention, urgency can come across and create a state of fear and panic as if something is very, very wrong. And there's nothing wrong with my son. 
because he's autistic or needs more support. But the importance of early intervention is why I made the call because of those very factors that we were just talking about. And as hard as it was to pick up the phone, make the call, see what services and supports he needed, it was equally as important to do so. So as a practitioner, I think it's important to be mindful that I made my first call almost two years ago, and I am still in tears talking about that moment. So I might have been able to keep it together for the service coordinator that I was speaking to or the intake coordinator, but afterwards I just cried. And I was really happy that I had someone else in the office with me, but I knew I just had to do it. And it was the best decision that I ever made because as soon as I got him into early intervention, I was surrounded by these amazing professionals that were just listening to me and trying to support Luke and myself and Chris and talking about how, what a great job we were doing, which I know that I had been putting a lot of pressure on myself to be therapist and mom just because of the unique role I play being in the early intervention system for so long and this just being my profession. But as a parent, this was a first. And I was very blessed to have an amazing teacher amazing speech and OT like throughout patient services. And we slowly started to see Luke's progress become more rapid and learn new skills because that's what early intervention is truly about, providing the family with skills that they can use in their daily routines to support independence and engagement. That type of flow that just allows for your child to be as independent and show you their best self every day. So we know the value of early intervention as practitioners. And I think this is so important for us to really be able to communicate that value to the parents, to the families, and especially when it's potentially the first time that we're meeting the families and the first time that they're meeting the entire early intervention team. It's the first time that they're going through this process. I really want to spend the next couple minutes talking about advice that we have for other practitioners, maybe students that are in fieldwork in early intervention, about how we can best support the parents and encourage the value of early intervention, especially when they might be on the fence or they might appear to be overwhelmed or there might be some disconnect between members of the family where some are on board and some are not. And I think one of the biggest things that I found throughout my experience, especially when we're talking about that very first meeting with the parents and we're having to explain to them that they do qualify for early intervention and here are the reasons why, is meeting the families where they're at. We can talk and talk and talk and explain everything until we're blue in the face. But a lot of the times the families might not be ready for that, or they might need some additional time to process the words that we're actually saying. And I think sometimes, at least that I've seen in my experience, sometimes some other professionals might just unload everything onto these families. And it's just, it's too much. And I know for me as an occupational therapy practitioner, I really try to figure out as I'm doing the assessment, as I'm working with the child, but I'm also talking with the parents. I'm also trying to figure out where their heads are at and, and where they are in that moment. And I think when I go about sharing the results and sharing the supports and services that I think might be beneficial for them, it's really about meeting them where they're at and giving them the information that they need at that moment. And then and also allowing them to understand, like, please come back to me with any questions. If you have any follow-up, anything that I'm saying, like, I'm here. I know this is a lot, but it really is 
meeting them where they're at and trying to provide that information in the best way possible, not to overwhelm them, not to make them any more emotional than they already are, but really to highlight to them that we are there to support them throughout this entire process. So Amira, do you have anything that stands out to you? Any tips that you have that you feel like have helped you really kind of connect with those families, especially when we're talking about the value of early intervention and maybe if they are kind of on the fence or maybe disagreeing with the services or anything like that? I always, always make it a point to start with the strengths. I comment on what I'm seeing that the child is doing that will prove to be something that will help us progress in whatever that outcome may be. So let's say it's communication and the child is really delayed in communication. And I know that, but I'll point out they're very social, right? They come up to me, they're smiling, they're motivated, they're interested in toys. And so I make sure to highlight what some of those strengths are that'll help as we progress with whatever outcome or milestone that we're looking at. I also think for the parents that shows them that I'm not just looking at the delays, I'm not just looking at the numbers because we know that the assessment never paints the full picture anyways. And so I think just keeping in mind the importance of using that strengths-based approach. And I think a lot of times the parents respond very well to that, not just seeing their child as they were delayed in gross motor skills and that's all we're going to focus on, but we're going to talk about some of the strengths too. So I would definitely say start there. And I would love to hear too how Danielle feels about kind of starting off with that. And then kind of what I do is use that to lead into, but here are some areas that we can work on now, even though they're very strong in this area, let's also work on this. And I also make it a point to talk about why it's important that we're working on that. So let's say it's like a fine motor goal or something like that. And I say, well, you know, this skill is really good because as they get older, they'll have to work on handwriting or whatever. And so making sure that I connect it with, although we're working on it in this moment, how will this skill serve this child to be successful and participate in some of those later on life routines, such as like going to school. A big thing too that comes into play is like sensory processing and talking about why it's so important that we get the kiddo to be regulated and we're able to capture their attention because a lot of our referrals are about communication. And so a lot of parents are just like, we just want them to talk. And I say, okay, well, there's so many different building blocks that have to happen before we can really focus on communication. And that's where I come in. That's why I'm the team lead on the plan and not a speech therapist right now. And so just kind of explaining to what some of those foundational skills you might need in order to meet that outcome. I have pretty good response to you when I take that approach as well. I love that. I love everything that you both are saying. I love that I am most comfortable sitting on the ground. I know you both can relate. If there is a room full of chairs and more people, I choose the floor and I never see so many people flip out for me sitting on a floor. And I'm like, what? This is like my happy place. And during these assessments, during these meetings, what I used to do is I used to get right down on the floor and I used to play. I actually would show the child's strength through play and mimic what a therapy session would look like. Because this is where you need to show the parent that might not be able to process the words, show them what early intervention is. It is something that is so magical that happens through play. So a lot of the times I will get down on the floor and as I am reviewing results, let's say they can stack cups, but when I try to change the activity, they get really upset. So I'm showing them, look at how awesome they're doing, stacking the cups, sorting them. And then I go to knock it down. Uh Oh, and I'm going to move it. And then I see that they start to get upset, but then I provide a strategy and a suggestion right in the moment, because I can do that because that's what I think would be beneficial. And then I also know that by doing that, I'm showing the family, Hey, 
this is what early intervention is going to look like. You're going to have a therapist come into your home. This is what it's going to start to be like. And we're really just here to show you certain things. And what's really cool is when a strategy works in the moment, which it doesn't always do, but when it does, that reinforcement for a family that might've already been on the fence or not able to hear like everything that was going on and process this as something that needs to happen. In that moment, I feel like I've been able to just show parents So this is where we're at, but you need time to think and process, but we're here. And then I'll see parents be like, we're just going to move forward. We're just going to do it. Let's just do it. And then we can just take it day by day and support the family with whatever they need, wherever they're at in their journey. One of the things that kind of comes to mind when we're talking about promoting the value of early intervention, and really this can kind of go across the board of therapy services in general, but there can be this thing called stigma. And a lot of people might have their own hesitancies, their own walls up against therapy, against therapy services. So Amira, can you share a little bit about maybe your experience with addressing the stigma in early intervention? There is not a ton, but a good amount of research out there that kind of shows some barriers to why families don't always go through with participating with early intervention, particularly black and brown families. And so this is kind of an area that I've just done my own research in because I'm curious. And so a couple of the reasons are cultural. So kind of coming from this place of in the certain cultures that some people are in, it's kind of frowned upon to seek that outside help, or it's a a reflection of their own parenting skills. And, you know, I seen this very firsthand in some of my families and it's quite upsetting, but I had this one family and the parent was very involved and knew how important early intervention was and was highly considering leaving the program because they were getting so much backlash from family and saying, this is your fault that your child has been diagnosed with autism and you have them in this program and they're just telling you all of these things. And the parent was so upset. And so, and she said, this is just not part of what my family does. We don't seek help from outsiders in this is a poor reflection on me as a parent. And so I think just knowing culturally, and that's probably a whole another conversation that we could have, but just knowing that culturally, it can be difficult for some families to seek out that help or stay in the program because they're getting some of that backlash from families. The other part of the stigma too, and something that I've I've explained to parents is just because you enroll in the early intervention program between this birth to three age, it doesn't become like a spot on their record. So when they go into school, there's no reason that they'll be treated differently or put in a different kind of classroom just because they were in an early intervention program, except of course, if they need it. And if so, you know, we help with that transition process. But I think some parents and families too might feel like, well, if we do this now, you know, will they be treated differently when we go to school? And so I just make sure to note that that's not the case and that nothing bad will happen. There won't be like a spot on their record if they are to participate in EI services when they're between the birth to three age. Yeah, that's a really good point, Amira. Lukey aged out of early intervention because his scores did not qualify him for early intervention services anymore at his six-month review. And at that point in time, we really didn't have any more concerns that was going to be needed for ongoing EI. So when he was exited, the referral was not provided to the school district unless I wanted to put hit in a referral for it, which we did because we did know that he was going to need supports because he was still getting outside speech and occupational therapy at the time. But again, I think people get very hung up on labels and 
putting this in permanent records. But I think the most important thing is you are allowed to take out any documentation that you want out of your child's record. It's your right. And you're also able to advocate for what your child needs. So if you do not feel that your child should be placed in a more restrictive environment, you're able to advocate for that very reason. So I think it's important to know that just because you're seeking out, it it should actually be the opposite, right? We should be all about early intervention services. We should be enriched with these programs, any opportunities to strengthen overall development. But what happens is because of this stigma of getting help or seeking this out and making it look poorly upon the family or just in a place where the parents just aren't ready to do that, it loses the importance that we're trying to say the value of what it is. So just by going into early intervention, you're actually just making sure that you're getting the supports and services rather than worrying about what projected outcomes might never come. So I think that if the biggest takeaway that you can help your parents see is that early intervention is important. It's not another stigma. It's not something that you should fear or be afraid of. In fact, I got so excited for Luke's first day of early intervention. You know how everybody does those pictures, holds the chalkboard up first day. Well, if you go back on mornings, there's a post of Luke laying down, not pleased about having to sit and do work, you know, but it was a really huge day for us. And I felt it important to document as like the first day, just how everyone would, oh, it's the first day of school. What if we thought like that about early intervention? Look, it's it's Luke's first day getting the supports that he needs to be independent and engaging in all of his family routines with us. Doesn't that sound awesome? That sounds so cool. Sign me up. But unfortunately, we get a lot of misinformation out there and people take early intervention in a different direction and then it loses its value. When the goal is for kiddos to graduate, right? That they won't need supports and services long-term. But the beauty of early intervention that I explained to parents is if they do need that, we are right there. It's collaborative. It's an approach that we're going to hold your hand if they need to transition to a developmental preschool. And we're going to help advocate for your child during the IEP writing. And at least where I am, we're able to sit in on that whole process, which is incredible. But I always say our goal is for you to not need us. If If a baby comes in as an infant, our goal is not for you to stay here for the whole three years. It's for you to learn the skills and the tools and resources to promote development long after they've aged out of the program or before they even get to that point. But in the event that they do need ongoing support, we're right here and we're there to walk you through that process. And so I think just making sure to explain that too is really important for parents. I always say that I want to work myself out of a job. And especially in early intervention, a lot of times the families get very attached to us. And when I tell them that, they're like, wait, 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 but we love you. We, we, we're going to miss you. And I think it's just really important to communicate that to them from day one. I think as important as relationship buildings are, it's important to talk about how the main goal is to graduate. The goal is to provide that level of support to the parents where they're not going to need us in a sense anymore. The conversation that we had today is never easy for us as practitioners, but I think we always need to come back to the value of early intervention, why it is what we do, the benefits that it can have for our children and their families at such a young age, and to remember to meet the families where they're at, utilize a strength-based approach, and also showing what we do and not just vocalizing and not just telling the parents why EI is so important. We really need to show them so they can start to see the real magic behind early intervention treatment. 
And I think one other thing that we also need to consider is to also be mindful of the many reasons why parents might be hesitant, why they might be emotional, or why they might be on the fence about seeking out or continuing with early intervention services. So today, we shared some of our advice to communicate the value of early intervention to parents, but we want to hear from you. What are some things that you have found to be very helpful in communicating this value to parents, especially if they are on the fence or maybe against pursuing early intervention services to begin with? You can contact us on our website, therealots.com, or shoot us a DM on Instagram at EI. We're so excited you joined us today. Check out our website, therealots.com, for more information about anything discussed in the episode. And sign up for our email list so you don't miss out on any of our awesome EI resources. And join our amazing community of students and practitioners to get your questions answered and learn from others working in early intervention. Whether you're in the car, on your lunch break, or signing in to your next virtual session, thanks for keeping it real with the real OTs of early intervention. 